Boker Tov, we continue with our fifth class on Megillus Esther, based on the commentary of Rav Moshe Yisrlis. We are now on Perik Bey's Pasuk Yud, where Esther is taken to the palace, and we're talking about this idea. Esther is the, so to speak, the Zivug Sheni, the second match, which is the second uh, Homer that's amenable to the overtures of the Tzura, with the help of Mordechai, which is the um, seichel that enables the person to uh, <clears throat> be able to understand what the rest of Hashem is. So the Megillah continues, even though she's taken to Haggai, still, lo higida Esther es amoh Esther does not uh, reveal her nation and her birthplace. Or lineage, because Mordechai said not to say. So we, he, um, the commentary brings an interesting Gemara that says the following, and we mentioned this in the first class, and now we're going to get into a little bit more. It says everything that Hashem created in the world, He created a male and female component, and. Even the Livyosan, even the Leviathan, he created uh, a male and a female. However, and now you have to understand the Gemara here is an allegory. I mean, there is some kind of Livyosan, some kind of Leviathan. But the Gemara says, but if the male and female would have gotten together and reproduced, they would have destroyed the world. So the simple meaning is they're huge sea creatures. And if there be millions of them propagating, that'll be the end of the world. Okay, so what did Hashem do? He castrated the male and he killed the female. So now you don't got to worry. Okay, and then, and he salted the female and that will be the feast in the world to come. Okay, now obviously, and then it talks about another thing. This is the famous part, the second part. And therefore, and the and the big, huge animals in the mountains, what did he do? He castrated the male, and he cooled down the female. So what is all this supposed to mean? So the Spanish philosopher, the Balakeda, and Rabbeinu Bahaya explains that this means to say, this is this idea of male and female. This is the real idea. Remember we're saying the Homer, the Tzura, and the Homer. Now, what is the symbolism of the Livyoson. Okay, Livyoson is a symbolism for the connection between the Seichel and the Chomer, the, the, the Tzura and the Chomer. That's the connection because it's a contraction of the words Lo Yitain Chain. To him, he gives favor, Lamed Vav. And that it's almost the exact letters, nearly. Leave your son. To him, he gives favor, meaning to say that the male and female components would um, get together. But now what it says, and if they would get together, now what does it mean they would get together? If the seichel would get together with the physicalness and the drives and be totally given over to the physical drives, then the world would be destroyed, meaning the human being, which is a micro-universe, would be destroyed because it's running after its pleasures. 
And if the physical was totally controlled with the seichel completely, that it wouldn't want any physicality and would be hiding in a mountain in Tibet. And that would be the end of the world as well. Okay, so either way, the creation doesn't exist. That's the idea of the Leviathan. It has two parts, and if one is dominant, they can't exist. So what did Hashem do as it were? He killed the female and castrated the male, which means to say he gave the power of the Seichel to uh, vanquish the, the physicality and uh, that it have some sense of uh, existence. Okay, now it it's, it's still needs a lot more explanation, but that's the idea. But uh, in other words, the uh, and therefore it's saying Esther does not reveal he gied. So he says so it's an expression of nogid and hamshacha being pulled afterwards, which means to say Esther was not pulled totally after Achashverosh completely to totally uh, go after after him. Because if she totally go after him, the world will be destroyed. There'd be nothing, there'd be nothing left. And therefore, because it wouldn't be involved in any physicality. And that's why Mordechai commanded her not to tell. Because this is the advice of the Seichel, that the world was not created to not exist anymore. So in other words, she didn't totally give herself over to the Tzura, because you have to have a certain degree of physicality. That's the main point he is saying. So she didn't reveal, means to say she didn't give herself totally over and that she would have no existence at all. So there has to be, and we'll, this, this is discussed, you have to make sure that although the tsura is the most important part, but we can't totally ignore the Homer. We can't totally ignore the physicality because without the physicality, you won't have the human being. But it has to be nurtured and developed in a way that works together with the physicality. And that's the idea that she's not totally giving herself away, so to speak, and surrendering totally. Okay, there's more that he explains on that uh, uh, idea. and uh, But that's the main idea of that. Then the Pasa continues, And every day Mordechai would walk about in front of the court of the house of the women to learn of Esther's welfare and what would be done to her. Again, this is the idea that Mordechai is trying to influence her with the proper tzura, the proper seichel. Now, in the next seven, eight psukim, from Pasuk Yud Beis to Yud Tes, he is going to bring the explanation of the Baal HaAkeda, uh, Rav Yitzchak Arama, and he's going to talk about all these maidens. It talks a lot about the maidens that are under the care of Haggai and what the maidens would do to prepare themselves to be with Ahasuerosh, as opposed to Esther, she did it differently. And the symbolism is, the other maidens means people who follow their lusts, and what happens to them is they do not have any tranquility in Olam Habo. Esther symbolizes the person who only does the will of Hashem and merits to enjoy the radiance of the Shekhinah in her uh, existence. And this is how this gets explained in the next eight psukim. So the Pasuk continues and says, and when each maiden's turn arrived to go to King Achishverosh, after having been treated according to the practice prescribed for the women for 12 months, for so were the days of the ointments completed six months with myrrh oil and six months with perfumes and with the ointments 
uh, of other other types of uh, women that they have. That's what they normally did. And then it continues in Yud Gimel. And with this, the maiden would come to the king. Whatever she would request would be given to her to come with her from the house of the women to the king's house. Okay, now there's going to be two levels of understanding this. We're going to do the simpler level and then the deeper level. So what does it mean? And with this, every maiden comes to the king. Uh, so in other words, whatever you want, whatever you want, you come to the king. Okay, but by Esther, it's going to be different, as you'll see in a minute. So the puzzle goes on and says, in the evening she would go, and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women, to the custody of Shazgaz, the king's chamberlain, the guard of the concubines. She would no longer come to the king unless the king wanted her, and she was called by name. That was with all the other women. However, in Pesach Tesvav, now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Avichail, Mordechai's uncle, who had taken her for a daughter, came to the king, she requested nothing except that Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the guy the woman would say, and Esther obtained grace in the eyes of all who beheld her. So what is the difference? It's saying the difference is that Esther, we understand what happens the women is talking about the body, the homer. Okay, what happens when the times to come in the world to come? Because we know everyone follows what their friends say. Okay, and you follow the lust that people have. And that will cause a person to be distanced from Olam Haba, as we see with all these women. Okay, and therefore what happens is they, they get whatever they want. They indulge themselves whatever they want, and then they come in the evening, but then they're cast away in the day, okay? And in other words, they really don't have much success in life. They don't, they don't get to, quote-unquote, marry the king, okay? But the one like Esther who goes after the Seichel and has Sneas and, 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 and uh, is not uh, overindulgence to do everything of pleasure, but just what is necessary as the Torah requires, that becomes Esther's turn, and Esther is the one that is desired. And so Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus to his royal house in the 10th month, which is the month of Teves, in the seventh year of his reign. Okay? And therefore, she stays there forever, because she is taken. And a Pusik in Zion, it says, and the king loved her more than all the other women, and she found grace, and he gave her the crown. Remember, the king wanted to give the crown to Vashti to wear the crown, and she didn't want to wear it because she was one of the situations. But here he puts the crown on her. As it says, Sadiqim, what do they do in the world to come? They sit with their crowns on their heads, and they enjoy the radiance of the Shekhinah. And then the king makes a big festival, a feast for all his officers, the Feast of Esther, and he reduces the taxes on everybody. So what is this feast? This is the Feast of the Leviathan that we talk about in the days to come. Okay, so now he takes this on a little deeper level, but basically the, sim the simple meaning of what the Ramah is saying is that if you're a proper Homer, like Esther, the king will want you and you'll have a successful 
and the king is the human being and she doesn't overindulge she just takes what is necessary and the king will want her as opposed to the other maidens who wanted whatever they wanted they did everything that everybody does to make themselves look good he said i don't want any of that i'm not interested in any of that but hey guy forced her to take certain things okay that's the idea because you have to have some physicality in this world so that's the general idea that the proper um Homer will take from the world that which is necessary based on what the Seichel says, and then you'll have a proper shidduch. So that was the one level. So now the Ramah says, and I cannot um, go past this without explaining a little more things. And he's talking about, really, this is all about the day of death. Now, there's a one understanding of, no, that the soul, now we're talking about the, man, the, the human being is reaching his days where he's in stage two of life and he has to have now the right shidduch, so to speak, the right chomer. And Esther is described as that perfect chomer to be with him. And uh, however, on a much deeper level, we're talking about the day of death. When you go to the king of all kings and uh, that's the malach who's in charge of all the souls and uh, there's a whole uh, complex issues over there. But that's what he says. So what happens? Well, you are now taken in, in, the, the, the pal- in, in Haggai's uh, domain. And you're there for 12 months. What's the idea of 12 months? The answer is, well, for most human beings who don't uh, live their lives properly, the soul goes through a great trauma of Gehenna of 12 months. That's Gehenna. And therefore, it's six months of one type of uh, medications and, and cosmetics and six types of another. One was called more, myrrh. But you could say more is similar to the word mar, which is bitter. Okay? So six months of bitterness and then another six months of cosmetics for other suffering that happened. In other words, just like the allegory, just like a woman who may not necessarily, why does a woman wear cosmetics? Because they may not look so good. They have pimples, they have this, they have, you know, the complexion is not necessarily good. So what do you want to make the complexion better? So why do you need 12 months? Because that's how much skin needs to be really made supple and beautiful and everything. So the same thing, if you're going to really come to the king of all kings and you're in the next world, you got to be ready. And how are you going to be ready if you've been uh, wasting your life? You really spiritually are ugly. And I need cosmetics to beautify yourself. And there's many ways of understanding some of the Kabbalists, six months of, of, of fire and six months of ice. Whatever it is, you've got to have all these difficulties. And now what can happen more is that a soul that demands all the pleasures in this world eventually is going to have to transmigrate and return to this world. And that too is only because of the desire of the king of the world. So therefore, he continues and says, so now the, the young maiden comes to the king to the, to the final day of judgment and uh, she wanted all her, her tithes in the world. So she comes in the evening and leaves in the morning. She goes back to the house of the women a second time. And what is that? That's the soul, the secret of Gilgal of the transmigration of souls. In other words, you come to the king, you spend your whole life in this world and then what happens? You now die, and now you're judged for 12 months. 
And now you go to the king and you come in one night and, you live, and you're sent away and that's it. In other words, you now go back to the harem and now try a second time. And that's the punishment of the wicked people according to the Kabbalists. And that's the base Hanoshib, the house of women, which means the low world, the physical world, where people are, again, uh, filled with Chomer. And you're created a second time. And uh, that's and then the, and that's now in the charge of Shazgaz. And Shazgaz is a, uh, a symbolism of the, because he explains the Aramaic words, it's like a storage house, and where the souls are stored to be waiting to be called, and now you don't come unless the king calls for you again. Meaning to say, when Hashem says, okay, now it's going to be the time for you to come back into the world. That's what's happening. So all the maidens is the allegory of people don't take life seriously. And you're, and you're running after everything, and you want to you wanna get to the king, you know, you, but you eventually... So on one level, you never really get a good shit. You're not, you're not wanted. A real good, solid soul is not interested in these kinds of uh, bodies. And therefore, what happens is they, they, they do other things, whatever, but they don't make the most of it. And then ultimately, when it's time to go to the king, he doesn't want them. And he rejects them. And first you go to Gehenim, and then you got to go become a Gilgal. And maybe if the king will call you again, you will get this. That's all the other one. But when it came Esther's turn... And she's called Bas Avichail. Avichail, remember the word Chayel, like Aishas Chayel. And Aishas Chayel is a crown for her husband. Or Avichail can also mean Hashem, who is the father of all power. Okay? So now when she is going to come to Hashem, when it's her turn to go up, and she never asked for physical pleasures, right? Except what Haggai would tell her that she has to have. And what happened is when Esther comes up to Hashem, she will find favor, okay? And she will be the one that will be taken as the queen permanently up in Shemai. Now, when was she taken? She was taken in the 10th month. What's the significance of the 10th month? So it's interesting. We There are certain forum that tell us what happened in the month. Uh, 10th month is Teves. So what happened in the 10th month? Because we know the commentaries tell us that they're the 8th and 9th and 10th day of Teves are sad days. And the 8th day was that Ezra died. 10th day was the siege on the base of Megash. But they don't really clearly say what the 9th is. And we've discussed this. But according to them, they say the 9th day of Teves was when Esther died. So now you understand that she went up to Shemayim and she was taken by the king, by Hashem, and to be totally um, uh, taken there in that month and she has eternal rest. And it says in the seventh year of the reign, because normally a person lives 70 years, that's like seven decades, seven levels. So now in her seventh year, in the seventh year of the reign, her 70th day, year, when she leaves the world, she goes up to Olam Haba. So now we have a beautiful understanding on a deeper level, so on two levels. If you want to have a, a Chomer that really is very adept to the Tzura, that's the one level. And the other level is saying, and also in the future when you die, you'll have eternal rest as well. So that is the Esther personality through the help of Mordechai 
that gives the guidance of the elevated seichel, the developed seichel, that enables her to be married to the Achashverosh, the one who is the Tzura. So we see right now, you have the Tzura, the one that can shape, but even the shaper has to have a good advisor, and the good advisor is Mordechai. And Mordechai, so to speak, makes the Shidduch between a successful Shidduch, between the Esther Chomer, who knows to be amenable, and the Achashverosh Tzura, who is helped with Mordechai's guidance. Okay. And now we continue, as he says, we continue with our regularly scheduled program and to understand a little bit more of the details of how a person has to make efforts to uh, survive the battles that happen. So now we're on Pasuk It says, and again, it repeats the idea. When she first was taken, she didn't give her identity. And now she's married to Achishverosh and he's making the party. And Esther would not tell her new lineage or her nationality as Mordechai had commanded her. For Esther kept Mordechai's orders as she had when she was raised by him. So now he's saying, it's very interesting. The wording is very interesting. It's, uh, it, it says, um, it, sa- it does not say, Kasher hoisa oisa bamona. It, it doesn't say that uh, she she kept Mordechai's orders as she kept them when she was by him. It doesn't say that. It just says, as she was faithful to him. So what is the message of that? So the, the philosophers tell us that, you know, if a person gets into certain habits, uh, they can be very difficult to overcome. And there's habits that come from the eight Sahara. And as we know, that sin crouches by the door. And uh, it's something that can happen a lot. So therefore, just like anybody you can have a Yates Sahara, you can follow that. But Esther does not follow her Yates Sahara, but rather she follows the Mamar Mordechai. And it means to say she follows the Mamar Mordechai. It doesn't say just as she did, but as the Mamar Mordechai to show that even if Mordechai is not there, that influence of Mordechai is with her the whole time. And therefore, even though, uh, you know, there is certain habits, but she kept as she was by Mordechai learning to disregard the Yetzirah. And that's the word of Mordechai she keeps doing, even though she's now in a palace where there's a lot of temptations. But she's still not going to give in to them. And now we close the last three psukim is the story with Big Son and Sarah's the assassination attempt. So what is that trying to tell us? So it says, in those days when Mordechai was sitting in the king's gates, Big Son and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains of the guards of the threshold, become angry and sought to lay a hand on King Ahasuerosh. So he says, the fact that Esther is doing what she's supposed to do, okay, still in all, they, there is always evil, and the Satan is always coming to try to cause you to sin. And therefore, we have two of the Chamberlains want to kill the king, as it were. These are, and it gets mystical again, says this is a symbolism of the two angels, the two Keruvim, who are sitting in Gan Eden, who would not let anybody get into Gan Eden. There was the fiery sword. In other words... Uh, to, so to speak, uh, 
protect Ganeiden or not allow man to have use of Ganeiden. In other words, Ganeiden is a place you want to be, but these angels don't want you to get there. And the Rambam says it's symbolic of the power of imagination and the power of thought. And those are the ones that are uh, surrounding Ganeiden. And they are the ones who are guarding, so to speak. And Shomri has saf, saf has many meanings. Uh, and saf can also mean a very small vessel, which can really be referred to the skull, where all the powers come from that. And their names are Big Son Vitzerish, and they're the ones who guard the garden. And they are, Big Son is from the word like Agan, Ginas, Ginas, a garden of. And uh, the um, uh, Seresh comes from the word to uh, inherit, so to speak. So what did they want to do? They wanted to poison the king. What does it mean they want to poison the king? Well, we know when you do an Avera, what's one of the motivations not to do an Avera? Not to eat treif. Because what if I told you it was poison? Would you eat it? Averos are like poison to us. So they wanted to poison the kink. There are, there are aspects within ourselves that are uh, Yetzirahs that are within us that want to kill us. Now, how are they going to kill us? Either with false beliefs or terrible actions. Okay? And that's like poison. Because just like Hashem said in the Garden of Eden, if you're going to eat the wrong fruit, you're going to die. Right? And that's what was going on. So, therefore, the idea being that these guards are symbolizing of the two. They're supposed to protect you. But instead of protecting you, they want to kill you. And that's the Yetzirah who feigns that he wants to protect you, but he really wants to kill you by doing some kind of an Avera. So who's going to protect Achashverosh? Who's going to protect the Tzura? Ah, but the matter became known to Mordechai. And Mordechai told it to Queen Esther, and Esther told it to the king. So what does that mean? Well, the Gemara tells us every day the Yetzirah comes to kill us, and without the help of Hashem, we wouldn't succeed. And that's why what's going on over here is Hashem, who really is what gives mankind the very elevated seichel. And, uh, and, and just like there's aspects within our soul, and there's higher levels of our soul. And the higher levels of soul, neshama, that is able to understand things in a divine fashion, that all gets distilled from Hashem. And therefore, when it's, it's, it says, and it became known to Mordechai, what do you mean it became known? Just like Hashem will reveal to the purified intellect what really is going on, that we should be careful. So Mordechai, it, it was made known to him the plans of Bixen and Seresh to kill the king. And what does that really mean? Well, it means that, you know, you get advisors. The says, you know, I think you should work much harder now. It's a great opportunity to make a lot of money now. But really, the way to make money is you'll stop learning Torah. Or they'll say, you know, do you really, you really believe Hashem is going to help you? You can do it on your own. All these poison. So what happens? You have to have that elevated seichel that says, wait a minute. I don't think that's the Russell Hashem. And Hashem is like guiding you and saying, this is, this is not going to work. Now, that's why we have this idea of Das Torah, that the great rabbis, they could smell things out what years before the trouble comes. When the, when the rabbis, you know, heard about people wanting to go to universities in the 1800s, they knew it was just a question of higher education. It was a question of ultimately assimilation. People never thought about it in the beginning, but at the end it was. So these are like the two Yetzars that are trying to destroy you. 
and spiritually destroy you to the point that you'll assimilate into Mary. So in the very beginning, you have to listen to the Mordechai, that elevated Seichel, who understands this is not a good idea. They really want to hurt you. This is bad advice. Okay? And now he relates it to Esther. Esther is the Homer, which means the senses of the person. And it's like the elevated intellect says to the sensory part of the person, don't follow this. This is not a good idea. And then what does Esther do? She tells it to the king in the name of Mordechai and says, you know, you got to be careful. So it's like there's a, a, a triumvirate here. You've got Esther, which is the basic Homer. But the Homer would want to just run after these terrible things and convince the Tzura that this is a good thing to do. So Mordechai comes to the Homer and says, no, no, this is not a good idea. And now you go and control yourself and you speak to the king about this, speak to Achishverosh to be controlled about it. And therefore they sought out what happened, they found it out, and they hung them from a tree. And it was written in the Chronicles before the king. And what does it mean to be hung on a tree? Symbolism is, if the Yetzirah comes to destroy you, what does Gemara say? Schlep him into the base medrash. Seven of the base medrash, because there you will hang from the Eitz Chaim He Lamach You will hang from the tree of life. And that's when the Yetzirah wants to confuse you, you go and learn in yeshiva. And that is what purifies yourself, and that's the only way of destroying the Yetzirah. And therefore, it doesn't exactly say that he was hung and they killed him. It just says, Vayitolu. So they took those Yetzirahs as symbolism and they hung them from the tree. They hung them from the tree of life. And then they said, and we have to never forget this. And they wrote it into the Divrei Hayomim, where, in other words, put it into your memory that don't make that same mistake or you were tempted to make the mistake. I learned from that not to make the mistake. Ezel Chacham, who is a Chacham, Haroas Anola, who can see the future. And therefore, there was an attempt to, to seduce you to sin, but no, it was stopped. And now that we have the, the gooding of this good triumvirate of, of, of combining, and clearly without Mordechai, the Tzura, the Homer of Esther, would not have the proper guidance to live exactly the way she should be living, and then to become a minimal Tachashverosh who when he realizes this is real trouble, he will stay away from the trouble. And so far, this second zivug has worked successfully. Okay, we ended the second chapter. Mr. Shem will continue on 